for podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Uh, Bill Bender from the Sporting News, College Football Conversation, about 20 minutes or so. Right now, let's head to our buddy David Kaplan. He continues. I believe this is his final week of vacation. Be making his way back through, well, he's driving. Driving through Des Moines here at some point. Yeah. How are you, Cap? Good to talk to you. I'm good. Let me just correct something. Lori Lightfoot, who is the mayor of the city of Chicago. Yes, Put in a quarantine order that if you've been on one of 15 hot spots, ah. you can't come back to Chicago for 14 days. Now, I live in the suburbs, but I work downtown, so I am flying back and not driving. Okay. The has to wait because I, it doesn't matter. i got to quarantine either way. So even though you're a resident, that's interesting. Well, look at uh, these times bring upon these, uh, these requests and these... Um uh, impediments, so you'll get through it. So when will you fly back, Cap? Saturday morning. We got a seven fifteen a.m. flight, and then I'll be back on the air on Monday. I'm just going to do it through uh, Comrex at my house. Which, hey, if the mayor feels it's good for the city of Chicago, then Absolutely. it's good for the city of Chicago. I'm all in. Absolutely, don't blame you a bit. You're doing the right thing. So let's get to uh, uh, social media. Was great, Cap. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm so glad Craig Kimball got lit up in a inter-squad game and that there was media there to witness it and there was cameras etc it is so good to have some kind of sports that uh, you know Kimbrel critics could get uh, get take their pound of flesh even though it's absolutely meaningless wasn't it great that it happened yeah it was hilarious that it happened because it means that we're getting back to some normalcy here i mean i'm looking i got a couple friends who are Sox fans and immediately i'm getting the texts or the tweets Ha ha, your boy got lit up by Wilson Contreras. Okay. Um, yeah, it was a batting practice session. So let's just relax, okay? We can relax, but we can have fun with it. Absolutely. The, the other part is seeing Kimbrel give up the hit to Bryant is they were piping in some crowd noise there. And, I mean, this is a new normal. You talked about European soccer. They've tried different aspects of that, trying to have the crowd sound louder in the big moments and those types of things. If we don't have fans, and it certainly feels that way, at least initially across baseball, that there won't be fans in attendance, just how much piped-in crowd noise, if, if any, would you like to see? Maybe we'll just have the organist hang out. She can at least play the music. Yeah, I don't have a problem with the piped-in crowd noise. I really don't. I think it's actually kind of cool. So, you know, if it, well, look, we're trying everything possible to make it appealing and make it fun and just to be different. So... If crowd noise at Wrigley or Guaranteed Rate or wherever is going to make it a more enjoyable broadcast, bring it on. I like that Wilson Contreras actually was celebrating that he came across home plate and then the virtual high fives because you're not allowed to high five anymore. 
Yeah, it's, it's the world we live in. Uh, Cap, it seemed to Trent and I yesterday that Major League Baseball was doing everything in their power to mess this up regarding the testing. It's almost like, yeah, we came to an agreement. We needed to save face, but we're going to screw up the testing so the players will, again, be the ones that walk away uh, from playing the game. Why can't Major League Baseball get this testing right? They have testers not showing up. You can't get tests back for five days. Uh, it's been a disaster so far, Cap. It has been a disaster. Now, I don't – look, if a team doesn't win, who usually gets fired? The coach, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Or the manager. So if this team, Major League Baseball being a team, doesn't work out, then you need to change the guy at the top, and that would be, in my opinion, Rob Manfred, who I think I've been pretty vocal saying he's not a very good commissioner. I just don't think he has a good public persona. I don't think he has a good handle on how to get into a partnership with his players. But I would tell you this, this falls on the testing company and how they did not know that it was 4th of July weekend. I mean, come on, (laughs) this stuff just can't keep happening. Now the Cubs have been very fortunate. They're the only team in baseball that has not had one positive test, which is really, really good to see. Let's hope that it continues I'm just not convinced yet that we could pull this off if we can't get the testing part of it right. What's happening with the Cubs players right now as they're going through and uh, going to the ballpark, going through workouts, doing their thing, everybody just going home? Are there certain parameters that they need to go through in terms of going to the grocery store, going out to a restaurant, whatever it may be? Have the Cubs organization as a whole put anything into place for these guys during this time? Uh, Look, they have veteran players, so they're telling their veteran players to be smart, and they are, and that's why they've had so far, thank goodness, zero positive tests. Uh, But I do think that when you look at what the Cubs are doing and what they're telling their players is we would like you to come to the ballpark, you get your temperature checked in the parking lot, you fill out a little questionnaire, they ask a bunch of questions, And if they haven't had any issues or any symptoms of COVID-19 or not feeling well, come on in. Every other day they're now getting tested, and they get those results back fairly quickly. Jed Hoyer said they have some of those rapid tests, but not a lot of them. It's not like they've got enough to do every guy every day. So those are just for emergencies. And the other thing is that you look at what the way the Cubs have handled all this, and then you compare it to what Carlos Correa did. I think he did a phenomenal thing, and his wife absolutely went along. He told his wife, no haircuts, no manicures, no nothing. We are not leaving the house other than to go to the stadium, play, and come right back. And she's all in. And she said, I was Miss Texas in 2016. And so for her to not go get her nails done and all this, she goes, that's just part of my life, my routine. But she said, look, my husband's a baseball player. i got to keep him healthy. So I think most of the mature players are figuring this out. Yeah, it's the travel part that worries me, Cap. I'm sure you've seen the NHL and what they're doing with their bubble, how strict they're going to be, and you can't get out of it. NBA players... 
they're they're already trying to figure out ways to escape and be able to get back in and not be seen. We'll see if that works. It's the travel uh, in MLB that worries me. How much time did you focus on the schedule, Cap, when it came out? They start with Milwaukee uh, and then finish. I love the end of the season. Three across town, a guaranteed rate against the White Sox. How much time did you spend on the Cubs schedule? Uh, we spent a decent amount of time as you looked at it. And, you know, we could think right now that the Tigers and the Royals are not going to be very good or the Pirates aren't going to be very good. But if you go back to last year and the Pirates were, what, 30 games under 500, something like that? If you go back to last year, I believe through the first 60 games and maybe even all the way to the All-Star break, the Pirates were like two games out of first place. So... Over 162 bad teams get exposed. Over 60 games, you're telling me that Mm. major league players wearing a Kansas City uniform or Detroit uniform or whoever's uniform can't get hot? I'll tell you you're wrong if you say they can't. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be that kind of run. And with uh, good teams in the Central, it feels like four good teams in this division, it's going to come down to maybe the schedule. Your takeaways, as we found out Monday night, with the 60-game schedule, the way that it played out, any frustrations, anything that you liked as you looked your way through it? Um, I didn't really get frustrated by anything. I know that there's Red Sox fans go, why do we have to play 7 of 10 in New York? Mm-hmm. Look, it is what it is. I'm sure that when the schedule czars sat down and tried to figure out X number of miles of travel, availability of hotels, best way to keep guys safe, and they went, okay, that's it. you got to play the Brewers seven times in Wrigley, but you got to go to Cincinnati more. It is what it is. I think whatever happens, we're going to look back on this and go, oh, my God, we, God willing, we all live through this. Mm-hmm. That we'll look back and go, that was the craziest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. We just accept whatever rule changes there are. Yeah, I'm with you. Cap, I want to talk about the White Sox, and in particular, Luis Robert. Uh, how, how good can this kid be, and, and who's a comparison? Who are some of the guys that, uh, you know, that have come before him that uh, Luis Robert has talked about maybe in the same sentence? What kind of player is he going to be, Cap? Uh, you know what he's like? He's like a Vladimir Guerrero. Wow. He is like a Ronald Acuna Jr. Look, he can run. He can throw. He can hit. He can hit for power. I mean, he's he's the five-tool guy. Now, we have seen guys come through minor league systems that go, that guy's going to be amazing, and it never worked out. Remember Angel Guzman, who was pitching for the Cubs in the minors, and everyone went, "That's the next Pedro Martinez." How many left? How many third basemen did they have that came up through Des Moines? <laughs> Kevin Ory and Gary yeah, yeah, Scott and all right. these other guys. And so I look at you know the way that this whole thing is set up for Luis Robert. I think he's a really, really good player. I think he's a really talented player. But sometimes when you put the second deck on the stadium, as they like to say, Mm. guys don't perform as well. I'm a believer. If you told me that I had to buy a jersey of a White Sox player, I love Tim Anderson, and he comes on the show with me all the time. So out of my friendship with him, it'd be him. But if you ask me the best player, it's Luis Roberts. So we've talked and asked you a couple of different times, even going back to the spring, about the Reds. I think Ken and I are both higher on this team than you are coming into the season. Of course, the Cardinals, we talk a lot about that rivalry with the Cubs. What about the Brewers? What do you think of this team that 
feels like certainly their window is closing, if not completely closed. What do you about think about them here for 2020? Look, they're a really well-managed team. They have good young players. They just don't have enough pitching. And what I still cannot get anyone to explain to me up there is they had this window. They had this amazing player who they gave up very little to get, both in prospect capital and in money, in Christian Yelich. They had a, in his prime, uh, uh, Ryan Braun. They had Yasmani Grandal. They had really, really good players, and they never maximized, I thought, their window to win by going out and getting themselves a front-end, number-one-type starter. Just never did it for whatever reason, and now I think you put it correctly that their window is starting to close. Are they still talented? Can they still you know, make magic happen in 60 games? No question about it but I do think their window's closing. Hmm. Cap, uh, last thing for me uh, to the Chicago Blackhawks, and there was a lot of people that felt that you know, once they saw the the Reds, uh, the team in Washington is changing their name. Uh, the Cleveland Indians, they're going to change. The Blackhawks, I guess, uh, sat down uh, with the uh, Sock leader. I believe that's how I say the name of the tribe. They're going to keep the logo. I mean, the logo's a classic, I at least to me, but I can understand uh, in 2020 why some people might uh, not see it the same way I do. But at least for now, the Blackhawks logo is going to remain in the Native American culture apparently is good with it yes they when john mcdonough came in there he wanted to double down make sure that the stock tribe and the native american culture in illinois that the logo and the name are supposed to represent were on board with it and he had said to me he and i are good friends and he said look if we got pushback that they didn't like it we absolutely would have had that discussion but they have made it clear that it's done with reverence, that it is done properly. There's nothing cartoonish about what they do. And so the tribe has signed off on it, and that's why the Blackhawks are going to keep it. And I think it's the right decision. Now, again, if somebody came from that tribe said we represent all of the Native Americans in Illinois and we think it's disrespectful, well, then I think you have to change it. But if they're going to sign off on it, then I understand the Hawks staying loyal to their brand. Cappy, uh, have a good trip back. We will talk to you from your home next week uh, when you're back in uh, back in the Windy City or just outside of it. Thanks, Cap. Appreciate yeah, you coming on. I'll, ha- I'll, ha- I'll have the bars around the house, so I'm quarantined. <laughs> good stuff. Well, we're going to break through at least uh, and get you on the radio, all right? You got it. Look forward to it. Thank you, buddy. Good to talk to you. David Kaplan joining us uh, as he wraps up his vacation before heading home. Of course, Centurion Stone of Iowa. Thank you to our friends Joe Farron and uh, Justin Luch over there. Centurion Stone of Iowa offers manufactured and natural stone to accent or update your exterior interior project of any size. Centurion Stone of Iowa, variety of styles, patterns, and colors for your every need, outside or inside. Don't forget about those fireplaces, interior, exterior projects, over 200 color and pattern combinations are available. The showroom is, is open. Appointments are encouraged. Uh, you can uh, visit the showroom. It is on Northeast 22nd, 5525 Northeast 22nd. Go to the website, Centurion Stone of Iowa. Showroom hours are there. 
Uh, Northeast to 22nd Street is where you'll find it. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors Cappy, and we are grateful for that. Trent, it's when it comes to Major League Baseball, it's the travel that, that worries me. I mean, the plane will be fine, you would yeah, think. right. But it's getting to the, the team hotel and... Danny just testing everybody. Right, you can't expect that, or maybe I don't know. I don't know. It's that that to me is the biggest fear: is a team traveling to another city and having to spend three, four days there in that city. They're not flying commercially. Nope. They're going to have a hotel that is set up in a specific way. Mm-hmm. There is still going to be intermingling. There's still Can going to go be out cases. after the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't there's, the NHL? There's still going to be cases. That that's something we just we have to realize. Right. This is going to happen. Players are going to contract it, and it might happen during the playoffs. And it's, mm-hmm. It might happen even if you're in a bubble. It's still going to happen. This thing is still too rampant. It is still spreading incredibly at high rates, and because of that, players are still going to contract even if they do everything the quote way they're supposed to. It's still going to happen. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to figure that out. We're going to have to live with that. Yep, that's the reality. But I'm with you. I, I'm. Their planes are fine. Hotel, they're going to make it as fine as possible, but things still can happen. You know, Chris, here at KXNO, Chris Williams. Yeah. Not sure where it came from. Mm-hmm. Just those types of things, you don't you don't know. You can contract trace, you can go back, but ultimately, you don't know. And speaking of that, I got another test coming up today. You do? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Had the wedding over the weekend, yeah. so just wanted to, wanted to give it another shot, see how it was going to be. So what time are you back at Test Iowa? Three o'clock. I'll be making my way there before heading up in <laughs> nice. high school baseball. I feel fine. No symptoms. Yeah, nothing yeah. like that. But just more for my own peace of mind. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm going to these high school events. We found out just a half hour ago about Dowling Catholic. Their season is over. And yeah, postseason too. By the way, yeah, for those yeah. holding out hope that they might yep. be able to make it to state because we are nine days away from the start of sub-state, right. and that is obviously not within the 14 day period. But I walk through every place I go, always have my mask on when I'm bringing my equipment in and making sure of that. And yeah, because of what I'm doing, I, I don't want to be the person that would have <laughs> a season shut down because of it. And that's kind of what you have to do. And at least for me and for my own peace of mind, something I'm going to do and probably do it every couple of weeks going forward. Even again, if I don't feel symptoms, I just think it's the right thing to do because I am out in the community a lot more than a lot of so people. So when you went through the criteria and when you're on test, I was, what, so what, what did you put in? I don't even remember. I just made sure that I was going to get a test doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was a lot, around a lot of people over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And because of that, nobody had symptoms. Nobody's had anything. Nothing has popped up from the wedding, but dot, dot, dot. Right. Better safe than sorry, right? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you 100%, and I appreciate you doing it. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> you and I, I get, get relatively closer in the morning we before, do. Yeah. before you go on the other side of the glass. All right, we will uh, talk college football with Bill Bender. Some Big Ten speculation out there uh, that they may be forced to, uh, not forced, but they may be tinkering with the idea of conference only. We'll talk uh, college football with Bill Bender next. But right now, KXNO and iHeart want to help you with your bills. Text the keyword THANKS to 200. 200 right now is your chance to win $1,000. That's THANKS to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Hi, Bill Bender from the Sporting News Next. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106. Mm, 
Hi, Miller Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. A little pep in my step. Figure that get you going. My favorite song of all time. Let's get Bill Bender in here. You know, I've been reading Bill's. If you've seen on Twitter, describe your favorite sports moment as boring as possible. Yes, yeah. Then, then trying to figure out what exactly the different person is talking about. Right. So Bill's was excitable quarterback takes off his helmet after a long pass in a big game in New Orleans. I know that one. I was at that one. Oh. And then today's question was describe your least favorite sports moment. As boring as possible. Let me click Bill in here so we he can hear for sure. This was Bill's reply. Veteran quarterback picks up key first down when he's hit and spun around. One might say like a helicopter. Ah. That leads to a big upset in the game. Veteran quarterback is later told said big game victory is for him, which led to a certain talk show host uh, in Des Moines bawling like a baby because his first uh, <laughs> his team finally got over the hump. Your worst memories, maybe my best memory, Bill Bender. How are you, sir? You and Pat Forty, Ken. Yes. You guys, uh, Pat's a known Broncos fan. Yep. We, he said, though, as a Broncos fan, his favorite moment was the drive. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty good. about that last night. Um, but, yeah, um, certainly that was of those two Super Bowls. I, it was, I'll never forget the first one, obviously. But mm-hmm. that second Packers team, people forget that the Broncos were like a 13-point underdog. True. And uh, I really wanted that one. I probably wanted that one a little bit more. Really? How come? Because uh, the you beat the Patriots the year before. Patriots weren't that good, I don't think. Uh, but it was it was certainly a fun game. But why would you wanted thirty two more than thirty one? Because uh, I the Packers were really good that year. Mm-hmm. But then the year after, they they actually beat the Cowboys during the regular season. So the, it's one of those things when you root for an NFL team. It's like they didn't beat the Cowboys during the regular season, and I felt like it would have been complete knowing how dominant those Cowboys teams were. Yeah. But, um, you know, certainly one of the rougher – I was 18 at the time, so I'm, I'm still, like, smarting about it. And, uh, you know, all these years later – but that is a thing that Twitter exercise people have been doing. I've been enjoying reading them up and down. Yeah, it really has been fun and something to pass the time before we will get – Did you reply to it? I haven't yet. I'd, I'd have to – I don't know. You're trying to come up with it, putting it in a way where maybe you can stump some people. I think that's a fun well, part. Well, let, of it let too. me try and stump through this one. I didn't reply either, but uh, planes loaded with stinky hockey equipment in Georgia and flies to Manitoba. Ah, yes, the Thrashers. <laughs> yes, my Jets come back home. Anyways, uh, Bill, I ba- think, hey Ken, I think Trent might be isn't he a twin fan? Yes, talking about a short outfielder hitting a home run or uh-huh. smashing into the plexiglass. I would imagine Game Six, ninety one World plexiglass. Series. That one was uh, certainly up there. A little used pinch hitter hits one over the left fielder's head. That would be uh, the way that it ended there in the 10th inning and Jack Morris on the mound in 91. Certainly up there, Bill, and a lot of great memories to go down. Not sure if we're going to get fall memories. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like it, though. Certainly for the Ivy League, Bill, as we await word officially from the Ivy League, all signs pointing that they're going to shut it down for the fall and move their season to the spring. Your takeaway? Well, I don't know exactly what it'll mean with, for the Power Five other than, as my former colleague Matt Hayes with Bleacher Report report pointed out you know that those ivy league schools make billions of dollars and right. they're not counting on football um they don't have the hundred million dollar football machine that a texas or an ohio state does so i don't know if that's other than they know the research of what's going on maybe and um they did do it in basketball first but my my biggest takeaway from that trend is 
they had seven days between the Ivy League Conference tournament and the NCAA tournament. We've got a little bit more of a window here to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Wilner, I believe, uh, Pac-12 newsletter, Mercury News out in the West Coast. He uh, put something out today on on. It had to do with the Big Ten, not the Pac-12 league that he covers. But he said something along the lines of uh, the Big Ten, if, if they announce in the next couple of weeks, he wouldn't be a bit surprised if it's conference games only and that the schedule is pushed back. I mean, obviously all conferences have a blackboard full of different scenarios. Does one make more sense to you, Bill, or because of the fact we've still got a couple of weeks before you know you have to push the button and, and definitively make go to plan B, uh, what what of the scenarios makes the most sense to you as we sit here on the 8th of July? October start, 7 to 10 games, conference yep. only. Yep. That's that's really, to me, I mean, you can scrap the non-con, which is going to be tough for, you know, as we put out of the best game of the year, I think, could be Clemson-Notre Dame mm-hmm. if it's allowed to be played. But, you know, what does Notre Dame do then? That's the biggest big question for them. I mean, do they lean on that five-game agreement with the ACC. You know, what do the group of five schools do with the lower athletic budgets? Um, I think that is the most realistic play for now. Um, You know, there's talk of a spring season for the Power Five as well. I just think there are way more logistical hurdles, starting with how many Ivy League players are going to the NFL draft versus how many Power Five players are going. And um, those are big questions. I do think college football could take a cue from baseball if baseball ends up working out where the regionality factor which we love so much about the sport anyway mm-hmm. could play into its favor maybe just schedule games within the region yeah yeah i think it would make a whole lot of sense for most every team there there's always hurdles that you're going to run through out west not as many teams you know, trying to figure out the mountain west and the like but it's something that would come up and i think going forward make a whole lot of sense bill i i brought this up a couple of different times to ken the frustrating part the ivy league's pushing to spring we don't know in spring what it's going to look like. We don't know if we're going to have a vaccine. We don't know how this is ultimately going to turn out. And I, I don't know. It feels like maybe we're just delaying things to delay things. And if you push everything forward at the major conference side of things, there's going to be so many players that just set out, set out, sit out and say, I'm going to get ready for the NFL draft. Yeah. I mean, top 100 players you'd have to look yeah. at. And you'd have to look at probably 50 to 100 players that think they're top 100 players. Right. And, uh, the roster turnover would be interesting. I know people like to point to Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, but there are so many other players that that would impact. So, yeah, it's certainly something to keep in mind as we move forward and uh, try to get these next couple of weeks are going to be very important in terms of, I think I read a stat this morning, that every state in the United States had an increase in cases today. Mm. And I know some of I, I don't know, guys, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know the what the curve of more tests versus more positives versus the death rate seems to be flattening out at least. I guess mm-hmm. that's the good news. Yep. Um, but again, I, I would be the last person to speak out as a doctor. I can just say that you know some of the social distancing measures that schools can or uh, states continue to take, uh, I'm all in favor of as we continue to try to flatten this thing out. Uh, Texas State Fair is kaput for this year. Um, really not a surprise. Uh, most of them are. Uh, OU Texas, they want to play at the Cotton Bowl. Was there any discussion, you know, Bill, about you know, yeah, the Cotton Bowl is nice, but it's it's nice when the State Fair is there. I don't know if there was an opening at uh, at Jerry World or not. Um, the likelihood it stays at the Cotton Bowl, is that what they want to do, or do you think they're exploring moving the game you know, uh, indoors? game that's been played at the Cotton Bowl since 1929. Yep. 
I mean, it's it's one of college football's biggest traditions. I've been lucky enough to cover it before, and I, I always tell people there's nothing quite like it. And I'm, you know, I've been to Ohio State, Michigan, mm-hmm. and those kind of things. But that the fifty fifty aspect of it makes it so unique, and and the state fair smells and sounds <laughs> yeah. and everything you get with it. Um, I hope they're able to play it at that location, but would not be surprised if for a one year deal that that. You know, maybe they do go to Jerry World because it's such a big place. But, I mean, why go there if they're not going to be fans anyway? Right. Yeah, it doesn't have that. The feel that you certainly mentioned. Well, we're we're talking a lot of sad sack things. Do you, Ken, do you have anything else on the negative no, side? No, I'm all for it. Let's go positive. <laughs> let's, uh, let's get into that and go back the other way. Bill, uh, you, you penned a column talking about the upcoming impact, what the season could look like. But the biggest games of 2020 – Take us through your list, coming up and compiling this list as we remain hopeful we'll get college football and how you ultimately came to your number one. Well, I mean, I think, you know, it's just one of those things where hopefully we get these games in because that's the most exciting part of the season, whether it's looking forward to an Oregon-Ohio State or, you know, a big conference showdown in September. I mean, that's another impact of the thing is, you know, Alabama and Georgia are supposed to play in September. Mm. Uh, that's a huge game yeah. that, that may have to get pushed back and, the logistical hurdles these conferences have to do to get that. Maybe that game gets swiped, and that impacts the playoff race. Um, obviously, Penn State, Ohio State's a huge game in October, but you know, can you picture that game without the whiteout? Mm. Uh, it's just all of these things I've thought about, and it just hurts because you want to see these games, but again, I don't think college football is going to look like quite how we want it to. And I'm starting to get worried about some of these other sports, honestly, just because – you know, like with the MLS, the whole team has been wiped out. And then, uh, you know, uh, baseball, you're seeing test after test coming positive. So, yeah, it's one of those things that's definitely something to keep in mind as we move forward. See, it's hard to talk positive during these time, yes, fellas. We just try, and I'm with yeah. you. And I guess I'm going back down the, uh, oh, not the worst-case scenario. But, Bill, I know that the bowl committees, non-playoff, but the bowl committees, they're still meeting like they're going to host a bowl in their city, you know, around Christmas time. Uh, has there been any talk about that? I mean, if they're moving games back and if they're shortening up schedules, obviously that six games you need to win six goes out the window. Uh, has there been any talk as how they're going to handle the bowl season? Uh, I mean, that's another one. I mean, with the regionality of it, you just it's really scary in terms of how much money brought in from those bowls. But I think as long as we get the playoff and then we go work ourselves outward from there. So start with the playoff, get those four in four teams in, then maybe get the New Year's Day six in if we can. And then, you know, some of those larger bowls that we go. It could be a year where some group of five schools are impacted. I mean, one, for example, the Bahamas Bowl. How are you going to travel to there, you know, with the travel restrictions in place? And I I honestly have no idea what the Bahamas coronavirus numbers look like. I really don't. So those aren't ones that I look at, and I'm not being crass. But, I mean, that's just another logistical hurdle. There's so many of them, so many of them to get through. Bill Bender, well, wanted to ask you about this. We we were talking a lot about college football in the state, non-conference games possibly going away, but your takeaway from a national perspective on this year's Iowa-Iowa State game, I'm sure because there's been so much going on, you're not dissecting the two deeps of the Hawkeyes and the Cyclones, but as you look at this game in Iowa City, saying that we have it, your thoughts on Iowa-Iowa State coming up for this year? I mean, obviously, Brock Purdy, it's a big year for him. Mm-hmm. You know, this guy that's getting some NFL attention. He is. Um, 
People like his arm, like his mobility. Iowa State was close in this rivalry. And Matt Campbell, for all the good he's done, kind of some of that buzz around him leveled off a little bit. Um, and, of course, a big season for Iowa, given the offseason controversy. And, you know, I think that's going to amp up the pressure a little bit. Um, but, you know, new quarterback and some new skill position players. But, I mean, most of the things are the same at Iowa. So, to me, it, it adds up to that same kind of hotly contested game, and then the winner will feel some momentum off of it as they go into conference play. And both have a chance. Like, Iowa could win the West, and Iowa State was close last year. I mean, they could make a run and mm-hmm. fit in that top three to four in the Big 12. I, I'm with you, Bill. I think both teams uh, have a legitimate chance to uh, do, you know, for Iowa State to be that second team in the uh, in the Big Twelve. I think Texas is loaded this year. Of course, Oklahoma is always Oklahoma. Oklahoma State's got some dudes back. And when you're looking at the West, you have to look at Wisconsin. But uh, we shall see. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Bill, thank you as always. Appreciate you coming on. Um, and just one last thing. I know that the media days have been canceled, but they're going to do virtually. Was the word has there been any uh, determination of dates when they're going to do these things and zoom type meeting situations i I'll, actually not until we have some clarity about what the plan is because mm-hmm. imagine us all in a zoom conference with parents or campbell and all they're answering is COVID questions and it's probably not all that different than what we run through every single day so i, I can see why they've held off and, mm-hmm. and i think that will be part of the rollout when the next you know kind of round of decisions has been made because i think the sec was originally prior to covid was their media days were next week i think weren't they it was either this last week or this week or yeah yeah, i mean we're supposed to be doing that now i'm supposed to be talking to you about some coaches press conference so i'm not doing that i'm still sitting in my basement tweeting out boring ways to (laughs) to describe sporting events i don't know what i'm going to do here oh we could have had lane kiffin we could have had this week. We could have had the Pirate. Mm-hmm. They would have been at SEC Media Days. It would have been going on this week, that yeah. ridiculous four days. And instead, here we are. Indeed. Bill, let's hope for better times. Absolutely. Thank you, Bill Bender. You. you guys are the best. Thanks so much. Yeah, good to talk to you. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Love having Bill on. Can you imagine? Kiffin back. Yeah, Leech. crazy. Of course, save now, him. They wouldn't have put him on the same day because they well, really, they separate them out, which is they drag it out four days, four days for four, fourteen teams. Right, you get three or four a day. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's too much. Mm-hmm. That that's too much. That's that's taking it too far. No, I agree with you. A couple of days, fine. Four days, but the SEC just means more, right? It's apparently Big Twelve is supposed to be next week. I'm pretty sure Big yeah. Ten is in a couple of weeks down the line. Uh, not this year. You, no, not this year, sadly. I want to tell you about a couple of farmer's markets that are open today. The Waukee Farmer's Market, over 30 vendors uh, each and every week. They're at Triangle Park on South on 6th Street, rather, and Ashworth, 6th and Ashworth. That goes today from 4 until 7. And for you folks in eastern Polk County, Bondurant. They have their farmer's market tonight. Uh, they're at uh, Grain Street and uh, on Grain Street. Let me see if I can find a little bit more information on the Bondurant, exactly where they are. I thought I had something, Trent, but maybe I don't. But, well, it's uh, hard to get lost in Bondurant. It is. I do. I found it. The Landis, uh, near the Landis Co-op and Bike Trailhead. You're right. It is tough to get lost in Bondurant. Uh, it goes tonight from 6 until 8. So farmer's markets in the area tonight. Bondurant in Waukee. NCMIC uh, presents those little 
farmers market tidbits each and every day uh, throughout the farmers market season. Miller and Condon back to wrap things up. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. You in Des Moines. Couple of minutes of the program. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, Murph and Andy in at two, the Fanatics at four o'clock. Trent Condon has high school baseball tonight. Southeast Polk and Ankeny. Ankeny played Dowling last night. As the news today, Dowling baseball and softball done for the season. They played them last night. Mm-hmm. What does that, that mean for Ankeny? That was a positive case. Mm-hmm. Does Ankeny need to all get tested before they're allowed back on the field? Is it all systems go? At least everything that I have heard, it is all systems go at this point in time. But as I had to do Monday and reconfigure the schedule, dot, dot, dot. We will uh, keep you up to date if we'll be moving locations. As the schedule sits right now, it'll be Polk and Ankeny. But, yeah, those Ankeny kids, there was a positive case from Dowling Catholic. Right. At the very least, they got to figure things out. If anybody has any symptoms, go mm-hmm. that route. And it just continues. It goes on and on and on. I've seen a lot of questions and saw Keith Murphy's uh, post both on Twitter and Facebook and and some of the comments. These were the set of parameters that were put out to bring high school softball. People don't think that we should, they should have played. Is that it? There's a few of those, but but more than anything is, did they maybe go a little bit too far where it's just an automatic 14 day quarantine? If everybody's tested, everybody except for the initial player coach, whoever it was that did have the positive test, if everybody else is fine, should the whole team yeah, but your symptoms don't necessarily—they don't show up the next day, though. Right, right, and, and that's also a problem no. here. I have no problem with them playing, Trent. I'm glad they did. Yes, I mean, I'm, I'm right there a, with give you. Give them a chance. Give them a chance to get through the season. Some schools, obviously, all over the state, mm-hmm. have had their season shut down because of this. But uh, so, yeah, t- t- awful break for Dowling. Just it a is. terrible break for Dowling, number one team in the country. You know what has heartened me today to see? Uh, Mike Golick Jr. getting all the love that he's gotten on Twitter. Senior, you mean? I uh, senior, beg yeah. your pardon. Mike Mike Golick Senior. Yes, um, such a big part of um, of the ESPN radio for so long, right? And Mike and Mike in the beginning, the infancy was such a great program. It scared me to death. Oh, I bet because ESPN was adamant that if you're going to be an ESPN affiliate, and mm-hmm. the jock was the jock was the first sports station in Central Iowa, and they came hard. That you, if you want ESPN, you've got to carry Mike and Mike, and Dyer and Silvestrini and I were doing mornings at the right, time. Yeah, and we fought tooth and nail. We obviously ESPN is such a big brand, we mm-hmm. didn't want to lose that. No doubt. But because uh, every all of these stations, all of these networks have an affiliate, and they came hard. Like guys, you know, we're not going to let you carry ESPN program if you don't put Mike and Mike on. Wow. Yeah. You were able to talk your way through it, though, huh? I wasn't. Dyer was. <laughs> Dyer was the one. He was the one. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I believe it was him that got it done. But, yeah, I mean, so just a, as you said, just giants. Mm-hmm. 22 years the guy did it for. And the ESPN. Now, is he just ready to hang it up? No, I don't know if he is or not, Trent. I'm not sure. His that, contracts end at the up at the end of the year with ESPN. I'm not sure if they... How old I'm is guess, he? Oh, shoot. I think he's younger than I am. Yeah. Late 50s, mid 50s. He's made a crap ton of money. He has. Yep, he has. And he could go out, he can do, I mean, even a side gang. It's it's not like he's going to have to go forward and take just any job and in some mm-hmm. whatever market it is, even on, on a local show you know, in New York or whatever it be, he's made money. Yep. He's lived, lived a great life he and has. he wants to do some radio hits, go to the Super Bowl every year. He could still do something like that. 
and do very, very fine for himself. But yeah, I enjoyed that program. They talked so much football yeah. when everybody felt like you needed to touch on a little bit. Every, especially there in the late nineties, it it didn't feel like we everybody had kind of their the correct way in my mind, of doing sports radio. Theirs was different, and it was very football-heavy, and I mm-hmm. love that part of it. No, very good, very successful for a uh, for a real long time. So, yeah, and at the same time, uh, congratulations to our friend Zubin Mahente, who, you know, to no surprise, the announcement came yesterday. I think Zubin's going to kill it. I echo yeah. what many people have said on here. He's incredibly talented. He's an encyclopedia. We go around the world of sports with Zubin, and we've done so for for years Zubin has no idea. We have no idea what we're going to ask him. It's just whatever sport we get to, and they're just the most off the wall. He's got the he can respond, and not just the morning ESPN radio show. No, he's, going to be he's doing. doing. Yeah, he texted me yesterday. Uh, he's still going to do Sports Center. That's awesome. He says that's where the people know him from, so they want him to stay there for the time being. But good for our friend Zubin Mahente, Murph and Andy at two, the Fanatics at four. Morning rush on your airwaves tomorrow at six a.m. Thanks for being with Miller and Condon on KXNO.